They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are monsters out of the closet. Hello, uh, and welcome to our bonus uh, for Fate. I am Shreya, one of your monstrous producers, and I am interviewing one of our authors for our Fate episode, Sarah Lopez. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hey. So we're here to talk about fate, horror, identity, predestination, and a little bit of astrology. Sarah, you want to talk about uh, your interest in astrology and how you think that relates to fate? A big part of astrology is, you know, checking your horoscope and seeing what the stars have planned for you. I'm more of um, a a sign and birth chart type of person. Okay, okay. (laughs) Because I'm just so deeply interested in people, I guess. Yeah, and I guess uh, birth charts are a little bit more, you know, personalized, right? Whereas your horoscope, like, you can find that in the newspaper. No, there's, like, millions of people who could have the same horoscope as you. But I guess you're the only person, well, one of very, not as many people, born at the same moment. Yeah, and in the same hemisphere and all that stuff. Shreya, I've, I've been meaning to ask you, what is your sign? Like, my zodiac sign? Yeah. I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm a Libra. <laughs> and, ah. Yeah, and according to my birth chart, um, I'm Libra rising, Libra sun, Libra moon, uh, I have Libra in Mars, and I have Libra in Mercury. So, it's kind of like... Wow. Libra the whole way through. Yeah, so every time I've read astrology, I've always really related to what they have written about me. So that's that's a, that's the great thing about astrology is like if you happen to relate to your sign, it's it can be really, really magical and really um, interesting. I don't yeah I don't actually know what I am Scorpio in or what I'm not Scorpio in, uh, but I definitely know that not all of the you know, Scorpio descriptions resonate with me 100% of the way through. So maybe that has to do with, you know, my particular astrological alignment. Um, Which, you know, I suppose also has to do with how you interpret fate, right? It's like, does the world react to everyone equally? Or are there certain people who, you know, can get different results out of the universe? Um, You know, I think this also plays into, you know, not just equal treatment, but fair treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's definitely people who are like, dang, I have, you know, a terrible fate and I don't deserve it. Or that person has a great fate and they don't deserve it, um, mm-hmm. based on, you know, what we've done. But if it's more based on personality, I guess, rather than on, you know, karmic balance or something like that, then I guess it, it wouldn't necessarily have to be based on how good of a person you are rather than just what opportunities are open in front of you. Definitely in our society, we're all sort of pressured to have, like, a sort of career and go a certain way. But, I don't know, if people just saw each other for who they were rather than, like, this idea of who they should be, just blanket across everyone, it would just be like, maybe we'd have world peace. I don't know, but it would just be Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think, and especially thinking of this from a LGBTQ plus community perspective, Right. But identity is so important. And for so many of us, you know, even if, you know, you can change as a person, right, your your identity is something that you don't necessarily want 
questioned by other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the questioning process is important to you. Maybe self and self-reflection, I think, is essential to just, you know, maybe being a good human being. Yeah, totally. I think um, there's a new wave of thinking where you can just like be whoever the hell you want to be, however you feel like it like you should be. Right. This like individual individualization, personalization. Yeah. And I guess that carries with it, you know, some amount of validation. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you know, either if you're religious, you're like, well, God made you the way you are. That's it. Done. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, you have come into being the way you are because of a certain alignment of the fates or alignment of stars. Right. And that's something about you. And like, that's just the way you are. You don't have to worry about it anymore. That's just the way you are. That's yeah. the way you're supposed to be. Um, which is wonderful and validating. And God knows us millennials <laughs> love to be validated. It's also like a tool of self-reflection, right? Yeah. If you, you can't really figure out who you are. Uh, if you might be a newly minted adult like <laughs> you and I, um, then, you know, it's, it's helpful to be able to just have a tool which tells you, you know, this is how it pans out for you. Now what are you going to do about this foundation? Yeah, it, it, it sort of like provides a, a blueprint, which is really, really helpful if there's so much else going on in your life. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's good that I can just look at my birth chart and figure it out and be like, okay, cool, done. Yeah, cool. That explains that. And, you know, that's it. <laughs> So that's wonderful for issues of identity, but I think it it can also engender, you know, feelings of almost fear if you're thinking about it in terms of, you know, choice and mm-hmm. and decision making. Um and we were talking about in the horror genre, you know, maybe a lot of elements of fear and terror come from the idea of something that you don't understand or that you can't control and you know no matter what it's coming for you or no matter what you're gonna die mm-hmm. you know and um i don't know what this reminds you of <laughs> well um now that you mention it it actually reminds me of <laughs> one of my favorite movies um uh, have you heard of it follows yes i have i watched it when it came out actually in theaters I'm always, like, weary of (laughs) sort of describing it the way that, like, the director said this, too. It it sounds horrible when you summarize it. It sounds like the worst idea for a movie (laughs) when you just say it out loud. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It is a movie about a sexually transmitted disease that can kill you. But it kills you via, like, horrible monster, right? Like Horrible, horrible, yeah. Some sort of overpowered entity that takes the faces of normal people and then just follows you at walking pace forever until it catches up and kills you. And the whole concept behind it is like you um, get rid of the monster, I guess. The monster stops chasing you if you have sex with someone else and you give them the sort of, you pass the baton to them, um, so to speak. (laughs) And you don't know if it's gone for good because once the monster gets them, it goes back to you. So in that way, it is sort of like a boomerang. So if you had it to begin with, you never know if it's actually coming back. You never know if that person walking towards you is actually gonna, coming to kill you because they're the monster. It's it's that idea of, like, you don't know your fate, but, like, there is, like, this constant 
fear of something coming, maybe. <laughs> um, I think when I was watching it, I actually didn't like it the first time because I was like, oh, is this some sort of, you know, backhanded commentary about HIV and like yeah. discovering that you have, um, that you're HIV plus and, you know, like struggling with, you know, how you have sex afterwards and, you know, what, you know, whether or not the actual fact is that you can have perfectly safe sex, um, as an HIV plus person, as long as you take the normal precautions that a person would. But it turns out the director did not intend for that. Oh, good. So, oh, good. good news. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's a relief. So now, now we, I guess we can look at it as, as a interesting reflection on fate and choice right like because it's you know do you choose to pass on the baton do you as one of the characters did take the baton for yourself by like volunteering to have this monster sexually transmitted to you Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of elements of choice even when there seems to be this inescapable you know merciless fate coming after you what i love about that movie is is um that I guess, I guess the difference between how each person handles it, how each person handles their fate. And so at the beginning, you start out with a person who's just on the edge of breaking down and they just give up and they give into their fate and other people who just sort of like in a shady way pass it on without really, um, caring about what the person might want. Well, I mean, right. who wants to have a monster follow them? Other people just like, uh, don't care. But what ends up saving the day at the very end is that, you know, the two people take on that, um, that burden together and they are seen at the very end holding hands and it's all very nice and happy. And I think that's like, that's a great, it, it's a little cheesy, but it's a great <laughs> message of like saying that love, love conquers all, I guess. <laughs> right. Love conquers all. Love triumphs in the end. You know, this is also something I think Nicole and I talked about. Uh, in a previous discussion, but, you know, community and holding together as a community and holding on to our relationships, mm-hmm. right, conquers a lot of fear about fate. Yeah. Um, and a lot of fear about uncertainty or ignorance mm-hmm. or powerlessness, right? You get over that by having resources. And I, if I remember correctly, the victim in the opening scene of it follows is alone and that's what makes it you know that's what makes her so hopeless that's what makes her give up in the face of this monster yeah that's such a good movie (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'd also like to talk a little bit about how you conceptualized fate in the piece that you wrote for us yeah i guess i didn't start out with the sort of idea of fate um, I was initially inspired by um, Dungeons and Dragons and the Dungeons and Dragons world, which you can sort of see in um, the little bit with Naya, the one who's writing the letter. There's a lot of uh, lore about different planes of existence, and there's you know the celestial plane, there's the shadow plane, all these different planes that um, are in that particular universe or that particular story. And I was really interested in the idea of you know, something coming from another plane of existence to our current one. And the only way you can do that is with magic, of course. 
uh, used that, and I actually, because I play Dungeons & Dragons, I made my own mythology, and it had to do a lot with a celestial being that came from another plane and came to another plane to make a bunch of children, <laughs> which is also what happened in the Silmarillion. Um, oh, I, right, 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 right. Something similar like that. Uh, so I drew inspiration from a lot of fantasy um, I didn't include a lot of it in the story in the final draft. Um, originally, I wanted Naya to be Mara, the same person. The way I would have explained that was, well, they have the same DNA sequences, and the only thing that's different is like their experiences and how they interacted with those experiences and how they're different people now. Um, which is what where the like the spell components come into play. The only thing that she missed was um, a memento, and the memento would have located Naya. I originally wanted Naya to be a necromancer who did the spell to bring her soul back to her body. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really complicated. That's why I, I got rid of a lot of it. But This is almost like finding out Tommy Wiseau wanted to be a vampire in the room. You're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, Naya was supposed to be a necromancer, but instead she's, what, summoning Maya into her body across instead- dimensions? I left it open-ended because I I just wanted to add a little bit of mystery, but the idea was that it was she was just sending a beacon for help, I guess. Okay. And it reached it reached Mara, and it did something to her. It like took her or something. So I just let it I let it be mysterious, but I originally wanted it to be just that um, Naya was trying to get her soul back in her body, you know, like you do, and because she didn't have that memento to ground or to sort of like locate her own soul, it went to whichever one was closest. So it went to Mara, because she's the lucky contestant who, you know, is the closest version of Naya. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you forget to put semicolons in your code, right? It just, like, it just it just goes on. Um, and it, it does whatever it was supposed to do, but not the thing you wanted it to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I wanted um, the spell to be. I wanted it to just be, like, a URL that you type in incorrectly. And, like, the the commander, the thing is, is you still get the request. The request is still sent. It's just you go to the wrong website or, you know, the page is not found or something. So, yeah, you know, or you, you give a girl in a different dimension recurring nightmares for years, right? That's just a, it's a thing that happens. <laughs> exactly. So that's sort of what the concept was behind that. And I guess, let's see, how fate ties into that is... So Naya has a lapse in judgment, and she sends that faulty request, and Mara experiences it. It's the echo, the request sort of echoes in her, you know, uh, consciousness for a couple years, a few years, until eventually it reaches her and, you know, abducts her, I guess, catches up to her. That's such an almost, like, cold view of cause and effect. Yeah. I think that, like, you know, the... The the spell is, you know, working perfectly, but the, the squishy human or person elements are what's keeping it from doing what it's supposed to do. Which, you know, reminds me, because I'm, I'm a teacher, so every five minutes I have to talk about the kids. Um, and it reminds me of the, the kids don't really expect consequences, even yeah. predictable, repeatable consequences to happen the way they do. <laughs> which, you know, I think I, I also flip-flop between that, right? Because sometimes I'm like, okay... Cause and effect, you set yourself up for this, you should have been prepared for the world happening as it happens. And other times I'm like, no, there is absolutely unfairness, chaos, unpredictability, right? And you don't necessarily deserve 
what's coming to you mm-hmm. at all times. Um, and I'm wondering on which side of the, the divide you fall. Oh, oh, God. Like, to some extent, I believe that, you know, it is all very chaotic and a lot of it is out of my control, but I can't help but want to try and control it. And I guess the most I can control is what I do and what I believe and what I spread and what aura I give off and stuff like that. Um, but I guess if I had to choose, I, I would be on the side of action. But I, I guess if I if I think about it too much, you know, I start to have an existential crisis. <laughs> we, no one has time for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just just try and you know stay optimistic, stay hopeful, and I hope everyone does too, because I think that that's the only way we can really see any change. <sighs> you heard it here, folks. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. We're gonna have we're gonna have world peace through astrology. It's gonna happen. It's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for a wonderful conversation. We talked about community. We talked about sexually transmitted monsters. We talked about (laughs) fate. We talked about astrology. We talked about rage against the machine. We covered it all. (laughs) Thank you so much uh, for this interview, Sarah. How else would you like our listeners to be able to reach you and your content? I guess I'm sort of a, a baby writer, so I don't have a lot of content out right now, but I'm sure I'll have a website up soon. <laughs> All right, so website coming soon, and we will put it on our website as soon as it appears. Yeah. Otherwise, you can catch me in your dreams. <laughs> Got it. So on that terrifying note, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end this bonus episode. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you.